Forks up, knives down. Get ready for a plate full of flaming hot Cheetos and join us as we take a bite out of the little apple. I am one of your hosts, Katie Weavy. And I am your other host, Becky Goff, and this is the Little Apple Bites podcast. Today on our podcast, we have Ryan Alms from Manhattan Fire Department joining us. Uh, Welcome, Ryan. Tell us a little about yourself. Well, first off, thank you both for having me on. Um, I'm the deputy fire chief at the Manhattan Fire Department. Um, I have worked there since 97. I started there as a student firefighter while I was going to school and uh, have continued to work there ever since. So it seems it goes by so fast. It seems like a long time. Uh, Married and have a couple kids and uh, like all things K-State and really enjoy Manhattan. So it's it's a it's good to come on and talk about all the things that I like, including uh, Manhattan and uh, the fire department. Yeah. So you mentioned that you really like Manhattan. What makes the Little Apple special to you? Oh, that's a good question. I think um, my wife and I, when we came, uh, we both went to school here and started talking uh, about what we we're going to do after, after K-State. And um, both of us just didn't see anything out there that appealed to us as much as Manhattan does. And so it's a great place to raise a family. Um, it's a, it's a great, it has a, I know it's so cliche, but everybody says it, it's got a small town feel and I still think it does, even though we continue to grow. That's yeah, awesome. absolutely. That's like the same conversation my husband and I had, we've graduated a couple years ago and we're just like, yeah, like nothing sounds better than Manhattan. And you know, it is super cliche, but everyone talks about like family at K-State and small town feel. And that's exactly how we feel. And that's why I really like doing this podcast is to know that I'm not the only cliche person out there. <laughs> I think the community survey that the city of Manhattan did a few years ago, that continued to resonate mm-hmm. over and over again. People brought that up. So I, I don't think we're alone. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so then tell us a little bit more about uh, the fire department. How did you get started uh, with FD after going to K-State? Um, well, at the Manhattan Fire Department, we still have today a student firefighter program. And that program uh, allows people to, while they're going to school, um, work part-time. It's a lot like an internship. And uh, I always like to tell people that while I was going to school, I was in the school of business and a lot of my friends were going to work uh, for large corporations and it was very uh, desk oriented work and uh, the fire department really appealed to me when I was working part time. So Mm -hmm. uh, I thought, you know, I think I want to do this. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that especially if you're from a small town in Kansas, that that paid fire departments are a thing because so many people have uh, volunteer fire departments. I was one of those. And I was like, wow, this is something you can actually do as a career. Yeah, that's awesome. And so what do you do with the fire department now? Uh, so I am the, the the deputy fire chief. I serve at the, the pleasure of the fire chief and um, work on all the things he does. Um including the budget and, and managing personnel. We have uh, just over 110 people 
uh, about 90 uniformed firefighters. So it's a pretty big organization. There's quite a bit going on. Uh, we have uh, our risk rec- risk reduction division that does all of our. <laughs> that's a mouthful. I was going to say, say that, say that fast three times, right? Uh, it, they do all of our permitting, all of the fire prevention all the building inspections, um, all the nuisance inspections. Um, so that keeps keeps us very busy. And then we have all of our normal operations that we do. Um, so uh, I stay involved a, a little bit in all of it and, and hoping to uh, try and make it go better. I may don't always meet that goal, but that's that's at least the goal. So you kind of touched on it. You know, obviously everyone thinks of the fire department and fighting fires and rescuing cats out of trees and <laughs> sorry it does happen that does happen um because i know that there have been a couple times when i've reached out to you about uh when the fire departments had to go and assist at uh, different things and you've mentioned that maybe there was an animal in a tree you were called to help try and rescue um but what is maybe a part of your job that most people don't realize that firefighters do outside of that area well i think one thing that uh they may see us go on calls with the ambulance and i still get a lot of questions about why we respond with the ambulance um because of our station locations and um what we refer to with riley county ems and now pot county ems uh, the tiered response system allows us to go and provide um, EMT level uh, response for medical and trauma calls uh, to either either before the ambulance gets there and provides that higher level of care or um, also just to assist them uh, for those more serious calls. And that's about half uh, of our call response. But I think a lot of people are surprised uh, to learn that Um, You know, they may think of traditional things we do like rescue, hazmat, but uh, some of the things that we get involved in is when nobody knows who else to call, they call the fire department. And so uh, (laughs) that's just like an ongoing uh, saying that's been in the fire service for a long time. But, you know, we do carbon monoxide investigations. Um, We do a lot of odors. You know, if somebody has a smell somewhere, can't figure out what it is, we go out. Um, and so there's all kinds of things that we get involved in. Uh, we get involved in education. Uh, we do a lot of uh, fire safety education. And then in the risk reduction uh, division, we do a lot of education with all the things that they deal with, too. All right. Now, the odor thing sounds like maybe that could become sometimes entertaining, but maybe also sometimes not so much fun of a discovery, maybe? Well, you know, the calls come in, and they're oftentimes like an electrical smell or a chemical smell or a sewer smell or what that might be. And so uh, we spend a lot of time uh, chasing around, figuring out what what's causing that smell. All right. And then I'm assuming as like a fire deputy, fire deputy chief, uh, you don't typically go out on all of those calls. You know, I think you talked about it a little bit. You do more of the behind the scenes, uh, more of the office business side of the fire department. Um, what would you say is your favorite part about your job? Uh, well, you know, we the chief and I both talk a lot about um, our, our responsibility to our people uh, is to provide with them with the resources, the training that they need to do it. Uh, And so for us, I mean, I think that's what um, we're very proud of our people. Um, We think they do very good work. We work out of five fire stations um, here in Manhattan. We run a little over 3,000 calls a year. 
Um, and that doesn't include all the public public service and public relations things we do too. So making sure that our people have what they need to do the job to serve the community is 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 something that that I know for me is very rewarding. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned before, like with the risk reduction, and that you know you do all of like the building the building inspections and that sort of thing. That includes like existing structure issues too. It does. Um, we have our. Uh, fire inspectors that would go out and do uh, fire inspections on all commercial bu- buildings, businesses. And then we also have our property maintenance division um, that somebody can call if something comes up and um, let's say they rent and they have a problem and they talk to their landlord and can't get something fixed, uh, they can call us and we'll come out and do an inspection of that. That's something that division does. <laughs> So that would be like if so like if somebody's living like in an apartment or even a, a rented house and there's an issue that doesn't get resolved, they can contact you guys and yep. Then can. after that, then do you guys then go to their landlord like go to the property owner landlord that sort of thing? Yep, the property owner owner is ultimately responsible, and so um, what we will do is we will go and uh, do the inspection and, and then follow up with the, the property owner to make sure any violations of the property maintenance code get resolved. All right. You know, I think it's funny that you say that, uh, any call that people don't know where it's supposed to go, they call <laughs> the fire department. Uh, I honestly wouldn't have thought of that. I like, I guess my first thought would be like to call the police department or you always hear about people saying like, do not call 911 if it's not an emergency. Um, I guess I don't know where I was going with my question, (laughs) but, uh, I just think it's funny to think about it that way. And, uh, I think it'd be interesting for like the community to know, like what constitutes an emergency and what constitutes like, yeah, you should definitely call us and get us involved. Well, we always ask that people, uh, call, um, if there's any question at all, um, Riley County Police Department, um, has, we have a centralized dispatch that covers all emergency services in Riley County. And they have 911, and then they also have a non-emergency line. Mm-hmm. And so people can call that non-emergency line and still get to dispatch without tying up the 911 system. And then those dispatchers do a uh, excellent job of going through and figuring out, well, whose responsibility is this and, and who should we send? And so it's if anybody has a question about anything, you know, some of the things that we end up dealing with, if people wait too long, it becomes more of a problem. Uh, and a great example is somebody thinks maybe their house was struck by lightning. We've we've had this example happen multiple times. And they're like, well, maybe I smell something, maybe I don't, and they let it go. And then, you know, two hours later, there's been a fire burning in their attic for a long time. So, you know, if somebody, if somebody has something, you know, chemical smells are good examples, uh, CO alarms, smoke alarms that maybe you're chirping, even if it's just a dead battery, uh, we go out and do those kinds of service calls. And uh, it, it just has to be some uh, make sure that we're calling the administration line uh, for the Riley County Police Department uh, mm-hmm. and not 911 in those cases, especially at times when we're at peak call volumes after storms. Uh, it's a fine time to, to, you know, say, hey, a street's blocked. That may not be an emergency, but there may be a lot of emergencies going on at that time. So that's why that comes up about mm-hmm. don't call 911 unless you need to. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then uh, kind of just talking about emergencies and stuff, obviously, uh, 
like fighting fire, uh, going out and doing those risk reduction calls, even if they may not seem uh, super dangerous in the beginning, they can definitely become dangerous. And so um, what do you think keeps uh, like your men, your firefighters coming back and doing that every day? Well, uh, I most people that join the fire service have um, – a desire to help the community. And, and I think that just rings true when you, we hear lots of stories of our people um, throughout the entire organization doing really good work. Um, and so I, I think helping people is at the first. Um, I also think that in emergency services, there's a unique thing um, where uh, we do on the emergency side of the house, we do a lot of training. And so um Nobody wants to see something bad happen, but there's also a satisfaction with our people when they're able to go out and do that good job and help someone. Yeah. So you mentioned service to the community is a reason that, you know, kind of draws people in. And one of the services that you provide actually is coming up, which is a way for the community to learn more about the fire department, which we're kind of talking about here. Yeah. So you have your open house coming up, and I've been a couple of times, and there's a lot of cool stuff. Tell us what kind of things can people see out there, and is there anything new this year? So um, that's a, there's a whole lot there. Uh, Fire Prevention Week is coming up in October. It's always the first full week in October. Okay. And we usually have our open house at the end of that. And so this year it's on Sunday, October 15th. Uh, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at our headquarters fire station at 2000 Denison. Now, I have to start. I, I, I Actually, people love to come and ride Old Engine 1. And this year, because of the road construction on Denison, we're not going to be doing Old Engine 1 rides. Oh, no. And, and so I always start with that. But the okay. good news okay. is we have a lot of other things to do. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that we'll have this year is um, we have a new hazmat apparatus that should be delivered by then. Ooh. And so um, we're the we're a regional hazmat team. And so this is a really great truck that will serve our, our, uh, our team and the area really well. Um, and it, it's no surprise, you know, with BRI and MBAF being here that there's new threats. And so we are um, – uh, the, the, this apparatus will help us with providing that service. So that's exciting. We've got a kid's physical agility test we've done in the past. Uh, the kids absolutely love it. Um, they could spray a fire hose. We'll do the live fire demonstrations again. And then, of course, we got popcorn and swag and all kinds of things. So uh, it's definitely a good time. I think last year we had 1,200 people come through, and so um, it, was a, it was a big day. And there will be the construction on Denison, but it will be north of the firehouse, so people shouldn't have a problem getting in. So we'll still be able to get there, park across the street probably, right? Yep. That's, yeah. I don't know if we've we've uh, confirmed that with the <laughs> foundation, but, uh, but hopefully we'll, we'll get that well, uh, yeah. partnership going again this year. Hopefully so. I feel like that's kind of a, a logical thing for them. And I don't know that they'd have any events going on there that day other than supporting you guys. hope not. We need, we need you a guys. place to park. So. <laughs> Otherwise, I guess, uh, park at K-State on... Uh, <laughs> The parking lot over the the football stadium and just just hike over there. It'll hopefully be fine, we, right? Hopefully we can get them closer than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that um, in the past, people like that have watched that live fire demonstration, I know I've heard a lot from the crowd where people didn't realize just how much having that uh, 
fires the safe, the sprinkler system. That's where I'm going. I knew I yeah. had words there. Yeah. <laughs> How important those can be even in a residential uh, building. And so that's always something fun to see is just to see the crowd reaction and the difference between the unprotected structure versus the one that has that built in. And I, in general, we hear this a lot from people when we go to a fire. They're very surprised at how fast uh, a fire can happen because many times, I mean, everybody's been out on a high humidity day and tried to start a campfire and have it not <laughs> go. And you're like, right. how can this be so difficult? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it really can happen very, very fast. And people are always surprised. Um, they always tell fire investigators in the middle of the night, I'm surprised at how fast it happened and how um, how little time to spare we had to get out of our building. And I think the demonstration does a good job of showing that, that you know, within just a three or four minute time period, it can just completely engulf a room or a, a portion of a structure and, and it go, goes very fast. And, and I think that's a uh, a good learning point for everybody. And then the effectiveness of fire sprinklers. We see it uh, over and over again that, you know, um, especially in commercial buildings where we've had activations that um, we had a fire in kites, I think it was last year. And, uh, you know, the fire was extinguished by one sprinkler head and they were able to open later in the day. It happened early in the morning in the kitchen. And so anyway, it's just, it's amazing how, how much uh, of a difference that makes. And we can show that, that demonstration. Yeah, and then for those people that maybe having that sprinkler system is not feasible, what would be something you would recommend, you know, in order to, you know, maybe have that jump start on getting that fire put out, yeah. aside from calling for you guys to come and help? That I mean, that, the, the, the leading thing that we talk about is making sure you have working smoke alarms in your house. Um, your, your olfactory nerve can which is that your, your sense of smell is affected when you're asleep. You don't have that same high level, um, especially when you're deep sleep. So, you know, smoke alarms for years have, have done uh, a lot to save people's lives. And so uh, we always recommend that you check your smoke detector batteries, you're, you're making sure you place them. Uh, they're only good for about 10 years or you'll start having some false alarms. So, you know, get those, get those, get those checked and changed and uh, make sure they're working. Um, we always talk about practicing a fire, uh, fire escape plan with your family, especially if you got little kids and have a meeting place outside. Um, it'll just help us with accountability if we get there in the middle of the night to make sure everybody's out. Uh, it'll just make it easier on everyone. And then not necessarily related to fires, but, but equally as important is to make sure you have a working carbon monoxide uh, alarm in your home. Any place that has fuel-fired appliances, you know, it's very scary. I think I just saw this week that uh, it was somewhere down maybe McPherson County had a multiple fatality from carbon yeah. monoxide. So it's it's extremely important to make sure you got those working uh, carbon because you, you can't smell carbon monoxide. You can't see it. It's odorless and, and, and invisible. So anyway, it's important to have those. So uh, make sure your family's protected. Yeah. So... Katie, I think you had a question that you, a burning question, if you will, that you really yes. wanted to ask. So I'm going to let you ask this one. You, you need some music for the burning question or some yeah. sound effects. Uh, maybe I'll, we'll have to do that in post-production. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, know some firefighters, not in Manhattan, but uh, 
I have heard rumors that every firefighter is a pyromaniac, and that's the real reason they get into fighting fires. And I just want some confirmation on <laughs> this claim. Uh, I don't think that's true. I think I think that most kids have some level of uh, interest, or, or or you know, it's something that they're just curious about. And we, you know, we deal with juvenile fire setters uh, sometimes, mm-hmm. and and how that behavior happens. But uh, I and and I I have heard people say it, that you know, um, that all kids are curious about it, and I'm sure that's where that comes from. But uh, I don't I don't think probably I don't remember playing with fire as a kid, so uh, I, I I'm gonna stick to the high road and say <laughs> that's not true. No okay. comment. All right, that's okay. fine. Uh, well. I was going to say, fire department has many ways you can find information about what you do. Mm-hmm. And can you share with us like yeah, some ways to figure that out? Absolutely. Um, you can check out our website, uh, cityofmhk.com forward slash fire. Um, there's lots of information there. Um, that's where you can find information about joining the fire department. Uh, lots of different things there. And then find out about our risk reduction department and fire safety uh, as well. Uh, and then uh, we do have some social media presence uh, on Facebook and a, a little bit on Twitter. Uh, so that's another place you can learn about the fire department. And then on our webpage, we have a community engagement section that allows you to request a fire truck to come to your function. Um, we can do tours. There's lots of different things people can do. So uh, we try to send people there, fill out a form, give us a couple weeks uh, lead time and uh uh, we, we do a lot of time, uh, spend a lot of time out in the community uh, talking about fire safety and talking about what we do. And it's it, it's way better, uh, honestly, to hear it from the people who do it than it is from me who's in an <laughs> office. So I always encourage people to do that. Ooh, no. So, Katie, I'm thinking uh, we need to do like a firefighter Friday coming up and just like yeah. request for a fire truck to come to our office <laughs> just for fun. Yeah. That just, might get uh, weeded out. I don't, oh, I don't know how the process of approval works. But. Well, that's no fun. I'm about to find out who does those approvals and see if we can <laughs> yeah, absolutely. expedite it. Get I'll it. get on that this afternoon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, it is so important uh, to have a... Um, community-led department, and I think that it's really important for the community to be able to see uh, how you guys can help them and what you guys can do for them in all capacity. And so remind us again uh, when the open house is and how people can find out more about your open house. Yeah, so um, our our websites are just such a wealth of information, and ours is no different. So city of MHK forward slash fire. Uh, is where you can find out all kinds of things about our department. Um, the open house information, we usually get flyers out, try to get flyers out to um, to students, uh, grade school students throughout the community. And, and then we'll have information on our, our Facebook page as well. Uh, Sunday, October 15th, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, and it's a good time. A lot of people come out. Oh, I don't know when the Chiefs game is. We always hope that the Chiefs game is a, a late game or <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or it gets over early enough that people can get out and see us. Gotcha. That makes sense. Well, we're excited to come out and see you guys at the open house. Yeah, that would and, be good. Uh, we always appreciate the coverage. Uh, you know, we like we liked. We really enjoy um, having people out to see. 
I mean, I, we always talk about it being the community's fire department. I mean, it's paid for uh, entirely by the community. And so, you know, coming out and seeing what you get and seeing our people and talking to them and finding out how passionate they are about helping people and what their capabilities are, um, it, it's, it's great for us. I mean, it's what we want people to come out and see us and, and learn about the fire department. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for uh, talking to us today. We really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. All right. Thanks, Ryan. All right. And uh, now let's talk about the news. What is coming up this weekend, Becky? Well, Katie, we have on Saturday is the annual Fall Apple Day Festival over at Fort Riley. That's Saturday, September the 30th. Uh, Fall Apple Day, I don't know if you've ever been, Katie, but it is the largest free event that is held on Fort Riley and is open to the public. So you and I, even though we're not members of the mm-hmm. military, we can still go. Yeah, no, I haven't been to Fall Apple Days uh, here yet. I think we talked about it a little bit uh, last uh, couple weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I think it'll be a really fun event. Uh, I'm Still thinking about those homemade apple pies that you were talking about a couple weeks ago. Right. Those apple pies are made with that secret recipe that they have managed to keep a hold of from Libby Custer. And only a few people get to know the whole actual recipe. So that's a pretty cool thing. And then other things that they'll be having is demonstrations by different divisions and departments within Fort Riley. So like the Commanding General's Mounted Color Guard will be out. They'll have other demonstrations by the military working dogs and just a lot of cool stuff to go out and see and kind of something for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be definitely a fun event. Uh, and when does it start, Becky? Um, I believe it starts at 9 a.m. and goes throughout the day. And there's even stuff, I think, into early evening as well. Cool. So 9 a.m. Uh, fall Apple Days on Fort Riley. Next, yeah. uh, on Wednesday, October 4th, that uh, we will have a luncheon, military relations luncheon. Yeah, so that's handled by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce uh, Military Relations Committee. And that luncheon is this week, uh, or this month, I guess both are relevant, uh, is held at the Holiday Inn at the campus. And the guest speakers this time around is Robin Cole from Pawnee Mental Health and Becky Woodward from Certified Community Behavioral Health Clinic. And they'll both probably be giving presentations about what their respective organizations and businesses do for the community and how it relates to military as well. Cool. And do you have to register for that luncheon or? Yes, they prefer that you register ahead of time, but I know they usually accept walk-ins as well. Just it's a lot easier to know how much food to have ready and they know how many people might be showing up. Nice. So then on Thursday is the third annual event benefiting Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Riley County called the Manhattan. I've never been. This is something new for me to hear about like okay. I, it sounds vaguely familiar but it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun I mean they're they're offering uh, high-end hors d'oeuvres I mean not sure exactly what that means but hopefully that means something fancy yes hors d'oeuvres are my favorite food I love little snacky foods um but yeah they have hors d'oeuvres live music uh cocktail competition and uh bourbon tasting a lot of things that uh, are going to support the Riley County Youth and Big Brothers Big Sisters. So um, they're an amazing organization, similar to Boys and Girls Club. Um, 
but they do a lot of great things for our youth and uh it'll be a fun event to help them out yeah Maybe one of us will actually go to this. I don't know. I guess we'll see, right? (laughs) So also then coming up on Friday, October 6th, Manhattan High Indians, uh, they will be hosting the Junction City Blue Jays for their football game that evening, which will kick off at 7 o'clock. That's one of those local rivalries. The big rivalry game. Um, We will be live streaming that game. Yeah, that's going to live stream on the jcpost.com, and we'll probably throw it on Little Apple Post as well with it being that local rivalry. Um, I will warn Manhattanites, um, it is our Junction City radio crew that will be calling the game, so it may seem like it's a little, uh, you know, more leaning towards Junction City, but that is their, their forte, you know, they will know more about Manhattan as well, but that is who we have covering that game that night. And so you'll be able to rewatch that game if for some reason you miss it as well. So, yep, it'll be on both of our post sites and, uh, it'll also be, uh, Hosted on our Junction City radio station, 1420 AM and uh, 107.9 on the FM. Yes, 107.9. I had a total brain fart there. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Sometimes I have to think about what is their FM equivalent because that's still something I'm getting used to is AM stations having that FM option. Yeah. So uh, if you can't uh, quite watch it, you can also listen to it on the radio. And then, you know, if you have time to do more than one activity Friday night, Mm -hmm. Junction City's Oktoberfest also kicks off that night. Yes. And that's on Washington Street. They, like, close down the streets for Oktoberfest. Okay. I went last year. Lots of fun. Like, so much fun. You get to go out. The streets are closed. You get to walk through all the vendors. There's all sorts of good food. Yeah. And then there's different competitions throughout the day, too. Yeah. I'm excited. It's definitely... uh, it's definitely like coming into that time of year. Lots of Oktoberfest things happening. There was Oktoberfest at the last third Thursday, and uh, now Junction City is doing there. So it's always really cool to see that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and then it starts Friday, but it continues into Saturday. Yeah, so and you can watch the game and then get up on Saturday, head to Junction City, and uh, just have a lot of fun uh, down on Main Street. Definitely. And then also on Saturday, it is a jam-packed Saturday on October 7th. Mm -hmm. There are so many community events going on. So also on the 7th, there is an opportunity for community members to attend a candidate forum for some local candidates coming up on the election in November. So it is both the USD 383 school board candidates and the City of Manhattan Commission candidates will be available that day. Um, If you're interested in learning more about the school board candidates, they'll be available from 1 to 3, and then city commission candidates will be there from 3.30 to 5.30, and that's going to be at the auditorium that's located in the Manhattan Public Library. Yeah, it's definitely a great opportunity to uh, see uh, who's running, what they're about, and uh, just a great way to know what's going to go on in your community and with your school and yeah. Yeah, exactly. Give you a chance to learn more about who you might be voting for in the upcoming elections. So. Exactly. It is a political year, so. Yeah. And then one more event that we have coming up between now and the next podcast is also on October 7th. I'm telling you, it's the busiest Saturday it of is. the fall. <laughs> <laughs> is the Riley Fall Festival up in the town of Riley, which is northwest of Manhattan. And that festival includes a car show. There this year there's a disc golf tournament. There's always a pie baking contest oh, man. and a cornhole tournament. 
And then there's also a parade at 1 p.m. So if you're one of those people that likes to watch a parade, definitely make sure you're in Riley at 1. Um, I know that Riley County High School's marching band will be marching through. Usually some of the car show participants will drive through and other groups throughout the, the community and the high school will participate with different floats and stuff like that. And not to mention that not only is there a pie baking contest, which I'm sensing a theme with Becky's news announcements here and pie, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's also a barbecue contest and going to be live music throughout the day. Well, so you, you say there's a theme with pies and my uh, news content, but actually... I'm one of the barbecue judging <laughs> judges oh, for the so contest. Go out to Riley and <laughs> get to hang out with Becky. You'll know where Becky is. Yeah, that day, if you don't know where I am, you should. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll be out there getting ready to uh, Very nice. judge so some barbecue. Just, you get to eat all the barbecue for free. What the heck? Well, you know, it goes to a good cause, though. Like, there is the opportunity to buy, you know, plates of food for a donation. I'm not sure exactly how that, hap- how that works, but okay. I know that... There is the opportunity to actually get to eat that food that you get to sit there and smell as you're walking through the festival all day because they are cooking it right out there in the middle of the festival. Yeah. And what are the donations going to? Um, You know, that's a really good question. Um, (laughs) I have just lost all of that information off the top of my head. But um, definitely check out Riley Fall Festival. You can find information about it on Facebook by just searching Riley Fall Festival and it pops right up. Okay. And that is all of the local events that I was able to find as of right now. I'm sure there are more that will pop up between now and the next podcast that we're going to miss. Yeah, there's a lot of events happening next Saturday for sure. Yeah. Um, But uh, we will be here. You can always find out more about local community events and news on Little Apple Post. But uh, as we sign off today, remember, a locally grown apple a day keeps our community unique in every way. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.